guys ready? Yep. <clears throat> All right, welcome back to Super Syntex Podcast, uh, where we talk a little Central Texas high school football. Alongside me, as always, are DJ Ramirez. DJ, how are you? Doing all right for yeah. Wednesday morning. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Chad Conine, who is starting to get a little more facial hair going again. I mean, I feel like I'm... See, I shaved on September 1, so I know exactly it's two weeks tomorrow, right? Gotcha. So, okay. There you go. And DJ looks like she's coming to us from a different location in her apartment. So Yeah, I was watching um, MLB Network, as I do every morning, and doing interviews for capsules. And I was like, I, I really don't feel like getting off the couch today. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we've had some uh, we've had some great games in Central Texas so far this season. Um, and just on paper, week four shapes up no differently. I saw a tweet from Greg Tepper at Texas Football um, where he said that there are thirty-one matchups this week between two undefeated teams. Um, and just looking at his list, I think he's probably talking about 11 man football. I didn't see any six man games in there. Um, so three of them was one of them. Do what? Go ahead. Never mind. Go ahead. Uh, three of those games involve teams from our area. So, uh, we've got number 10 Conley and yes, the cadets did finally crack, uh, the state rankings. Um, and they're facing an old district rival in number two, China spring, clearly our game of the week. Um, that should be a fun one. And then we've got, uh, Bartlett traveling to Itasca. Uh, I think that's two and O versus three and O one of those teams hasn't played three games. And then, uh, three and three and O blooming Grove facing three and O Wortham. So, out of the four Central Texas teams in that mix, um, which are Conley, China Spring, Itasca, and Wortham, how many will still be undefeated going into next week? At least Go. one. <laughs> At least one. At least one. They, that is the way math works. Thank you. <laughs> what do you think? I think well, at least two. I you Go say ahead, at DJ. least two? Which two? Yeah. I War them for sure, I feel like has been doing super well. I mean, just mm. looking off their numbers and um the you know reports that we get. Obviously, I haven't gotten the chance to see them play, but I, I think they've got a pretty good shot of getting the win this week. I don't want to pick between Chetna Spring and Connolly. <laughs> I don't. It's going to be a good Wait, game. Was the question how many or which ones? Well, I asked how many, both? and then I put the, I put both y'all on the spot asking which ones, too. How many did you say? Uh, I think probably two is a good – okay, here's the thing about it. Itasca Bartlett is the least likely – game on that to make that list and and can we give it up for uh ricky torres who of course is ruben torres's brother 
Um, he was a, an assistant at Marlin and got that Itasca job. Got it fairly late. I, I want to say it was in the summer when when uh, he got that job. And we know how that transition is a lot of times when you come in, you know, sort of right before practice starts uh, and you have to kind of hit the ground running. And he's got right. him off to a pretty good start. Right. And I I mentioned that being an unlikely matchup of undefeated teams. I just looked it up real quick. They have five wins between them. Last year, the entire season, they had three wins between them. Yeah. So, you know, in fact, I was scrolling down that tweet, just like you said, and I was like, oh, I tasked Bartley as an undefeated matchup. Not exactly uh, Austin Westlake converse Judson, but, you know. No, no. Um. So here's the thing about the Conley China spring game. It's probably going to hinge on Jelani McDonald's availability for Conley. He was uh, banged up, looked like an ankle injury or some sort of lower leg injury in that Cameron Yo game. Uh, they were still able to win it as uh, Kiefer Sibley came through with some big runs in the fourth quarter on the game winning drive, even though McDonald was out. But uh, China spring with Cash McCollum versus Conley with backup quarterback. That does not bode well for Conley. But, I mean, Conley's sitting there at 3-0, and and I don't think with their schedule we would have said, hey, Conley's a slam dunk to be 3-0, and so don't count out the cadets. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, even though La Vega now is sitting at 1-2, and two, um, I still count that Conley win over La Vega as, as a pretty impressive victory. Um in terms, at the time, I think we may have described it as, you know, kind of knocking off Big Brother. Um, well, I feel like this is another chance for Conley to do that. Um, can they knock off two Big Brothers in non-district? We'll see. I mean, that's going to be tough. I, I think I think China Spring has the rightful edge in this matchup, uh, but a lot of talent on the on the team for both teams. And I do think you make a really good point. Um, chat about Jelani McDonald's availability. I mean, obviously you never want to lose your your stud player, your quarterback. I mean, he's a guy who does a lot of things for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, a couple things about these teams that uh, I thought are interesting. Um, so uh, DJ and I were doing uh, Stats Plus this week. Um, Chad, you remember those days. Um at some point, I intend to pitch in, but on Monday, I was uh, traveling from Lubbock to Granbury, so uh, for my nephew's football game. No worries, no worries. We had it under control. But uh, so, Kiefer Sibley, you mentioned him, is leading Central Texas in rushing uh, over 500 yards through the first three games. That's pretty good. Uh, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty good. But JV on Sunday would be like, "What? You ain't got a thousand yet?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so DJ JV on Sunday was a former Conley running back. Now at uh, I assume he's still at the University of Washington, um, right? And yeah, he was pretty good. Um, yeah, I covered like their fourth game of the year one year, and he had a thousand yards in the fourth game. So. Yeah, that's yeah. craziness. And then uh, Tanner Bean, who Chad, you'll remember Tanner Bean, mm -hmm. were them mm -hmm. who pretty much led our area in rushing all last season. I think he's second right now behind Sibley with like maybe 480 something yards. 
So maybe there's something to running the ball a lot that leads to wins. Never hurts, does it? No, it doesn't hurt. Running the ball, play good defense. We've heard that formula work in football before. So uh, let's talk about the university Trojans. So uh, university is one and two coming off a real heartbreaker. One point loss to Arlington Heights last week. But to me, it still feels like uh, this team is trending in the right direction uh, under Kent, Kent Laster, second year there. Do you guys think that's the case? And is there any chance university can make a run at a playoff spot? DJ, I'll start with you. Uh, I think there is. I think that they'll just make it. I feel like that game against Arlington Heights was just like, at, you know, at the end, just a little bit of bad luck. And, and like I mentioned in my rewind, you kind of have to make your own luck. Mm-hmm. And so the, all those small little, you know, mishaps that you make really hurt you. So um, I feel like if they, if they just take care of those small things, they can really make it, you know, like they, they, they can be good, uh, good enough to, to see a playoff. Chad. Well, um, losing that game the way they did is troubling for them because they had a 14 point lead and then they took the lead with the, like a minute, 13 seconds left. Uh, they had a lot of injuries on defense, you know, guys that got banged up and had to come out of the game late in the game. So, you know, depth is probably going to be a a concern for them. And if depth is a concern in game three, that in a 17 district, that kind of makes it hard to kind of, to persevere through that, you know, and, and get to the end of the season with enough guys playing that know what they're doing to win key games. So I would say at this point, there may be a year away from, from making a playoff run. If they may, you know, if, if they continue to make progress this year, I think it would be uh, a huge story if they did make, make the playoffs. In fact, you know, we've seen like little things from Midway, Waco High and University in the past two years that they've struggled under new coaches where every time you think somebody's starting up and then, and then you know, crash, bang, they lose by 42 points to Grainberry, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, um, good points by both of you. Chad, you were following that university game, so you probably knew that they had some guys banged up. But uh, so Texas football actually picked uh, university fifth in that district. So just right out of the playoffs, um, it's a 17 district. Uh, and certainly not as tough as the district that university came out of before, right. which had Alito in it. And Alito is just a frigging machine. Um, they just fall out of bed and win state championships. Well, um, we were talking about, you know, perennial powers last week and teams that just every year are right there. And I mentioned Austin, Austin Westlake and Alito is another one absolutely in that category. Yeah. So, that district includes Leander Rouse, Belton, Pflugerville, Pflugerville Conley, Elgin, and a new school, brand new this year, Colleen Chaparral, a new Colleen school. 
along with university. So, you know, you're trying to finish in the top four in a 17 district. Um, I feel like the university probably will be favored against Elgin and Chaparral. So then basically you need one more win. You need to beat a Belton or a Pflugerville or a Pflugerville Connolly. Probably not Leander Rouse. They're the district favorite. Uh, but I do feel like university is trending in the right direction. Now, uh, Chad, you mentioned the injury situation. Uh, that certainly is a concern for any team that that's dealing with injuries. But to me, a good sign for university um, is in the last two weeks, they've put up almost a hundred points. I mean, granted 67 of those came in one game two weeks ago, but you talk about a, a way to get your first win. That's a way to get your first win. Almost put up 70 points. And then they followed up with 27 and I think Makai Sandoff is really showing to be a, a big-time playmaker for them at running back. He was good last year. Uh, but, yeah, I like where university's going. Well, you know, everybody loves to have triplets, you know. Um, and uh, I, their quarterback's name, I heard pronounced on the broadcast, Mangani. Mm-hmm. And Mangani is, you know, getting some things done. And then he's got Makai Sandolph in the backfield along with um, uh, Najee Drake there in the backfield with him. And then uh, London Smith has been the breakout star of Central Texas football so far this season. Absolutely. I was telling DJ earlier this week a little bit of his background. So London Smith, just a freshman for, uh, for university, absolutely will be one of the candidates for – Super Centex Offensive Newcomer of the Year. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, London Smith is the son of Rodney and Stacy Smith. Uh, Rodney, of course, was a great university player, university coach, coach football and basketball, now is uh, an assistant athletic director for Waco ISD. And then Stacy Smith, uh, well, and both of these two, by the way, Rodney and Stacy, both former Super Syntex Athletes of the Year. Uh, Rodney at university. Stacy was a year behind him. I think she graduated like 95 from La Vega. She was a state champion in track. She led them to the state basketball tournament and then went on to Baylor where she won NCAA championship in the triple jump and now is a Baylor track coach, has been for the last 20-odd years. So, he comes from good athletic genes. And by the way, Big Sister is uh, is a stud on the Midway volleyball team. Right? Yeah, yeah, Sydney Smith. Uh, she's a senior. Um, and the other thing I'll just mention quickly about London. So I have some friends who uh, are big into soccer, and uh, and they have a son who's London's age. And London was on their like hot soccer team growing up, like when, you know, five, six, seven years old or whatever. And he was always pretty fast, pretty good. You know? So, right. This kid's been an athlete for a while. Uh, I have to share that uh, I was covering midway volleyball one night against Lorena and I look up in the stands on the visiting side and there's uh, not only the great Rodney Smith sitting there, you know, but about five seats to his left is the great Tracy Saul. 
So yes, yes. Tracy Saul's daughter is uh, on Midway's uh, volleyball team. Tracy was uh, tremendous Texas Tech football player. Yep. 25 career interceptions. That's a lot. That is. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about Marlon. Uh, Marlon was one of the best stories of the year of 2021. Um, Bulldogs went 11 and four. They reached the state semifinals in Ruben Torres's first year. They won our Jinx Tucker trophy. They won the um, Gordon Wood award from the Texas high school uh, hall of fame. Uh now the Bulldogs are sitting at 0-3. They have lost to Crockett, Mart, and Grosbeck. Certainly good teams, all of those. Every year there are a few teams that start out the year with, you know, kind of uh kind of, they start slowly. They, you know, they take a few lumps early on and then they turn it around. Does Marlin have that capability? What do y'all think? I'll let DJ go first. <laughs> I think they do. Uh, talking to uh, Ruben Torres last week, I feel like they, um, they've they definitely taken their lumps this season. They've definitely been up against some tough teams. I mean, I was just at Mart yesterday talking to Coach Hoffman, and, um, you know, it's it's been tough. I think they're really just trying to get back to what they were doing last season. Mm. I think right now they, they feel like they're doing a little too much. There's a little extra stuff that they don't need going on. And, um, you know, just in terms of like the football and, and, and trying to execute and, you know, getting back to what they were doing right last season. And um, I feel like they'll get there. You know, it's, and that's what non-district is for. You play tough teams and you figure out who you are. That way, when the, you know, games that count towards making the playoffs get here, you're not making those same mistakes anymore. And you're not, you know, worrying about um, all those extra things and, and getting too too high on yourself and getting in over your head. So, um, yeah, I just I think that the competition they've been up against has been really tough as well. So, um just getting back to what they were doing is something that they're trying to focus on. Yeah, that'll get them ready. It looks like, you know, they probably played pretty good defense against a, a, a good offensive gross spec team last week. If that score was, that I'm looking at is right, 16 to seven. Is that's that correct. what you guys have? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so that's a good sign for them. Uh, they've got Bosqueville and Moody coming up in their next two games. Um, Bosqueville will be a pivotal game for them. Uh, so, but they have a chance to kind of get right in those two games and, and kind of get their wheels under them. I think probably when you've had a turnaround season and then and you don't maybe live up to expectations in your first year, and especially we all know the situation Marlin is in, uh, both as a town and a school. And um, I just I hope that it's not a case where they have a rough start and start to lose hope and, and people start to scatter, you know, but um Torres seems like a tough guy. Seems like he's, you know, resilient and can maybe keep all those guys on the same page. I think that'll be a big key going into uh, they have this Friday off before they start district play next week, it looks like. Um, and then, you know, the big thing with the way that the season they had last year and coming into this season, 
I can't remember uh, when it was, but I heard somebody talking. About, it was actually the Baylor tennis team. They had Adrian Boytan was playing really well, and they talked about what a big advantage was when you could walk on the court and know you had the best player on the court on your team, right? And coming into this year, they were going to have Darian Gullett back there as the best player on the field walking out there. Of course, he has a knee injury, and then dad gets a job over at TIG, so he's not there anymore. So they lose that kind of edge. Um you know, where you know that, you know, you got one guy on the field that can make a difference in any play. And I think that might be, have been a big factor for him so far in these first three games. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Darian Gillette, uh, you know, Texas commit. Um, mm-hmm. I will just say this right now when the Centex 25 comes out, which is our list of top recruits in Central Texas, a little different from the Super Centex team, uh, he'll be the number one recruit. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to do a story on him, uh, just talking to him about the recruiting process. Um, but I've already talked to his dad about that. Absolutely not having him. If, if they'd had Darian Gallette in these first three games, they would not be sitting here at 0-3. I know that for a fact. Uh, he's that good. But they still have a lot of talent. I mean, they got Desmond Woodson at quarterback. He was our preseason Super Syntex quarterback. He was our uh, Super Syntex quarterback last season. Um, they have uh, Trajan Butler at receiver. But I think when you have two great receivers like they had last year with Gillette and, and Trajan Butler, uh, well, and honestly, Zamarian Lofton is another one. But I think what they've had to do a little bit is mix in Zamarian Lofton at quarterback and use him in some areas that maybe they weren't planning on it. He's so versatile. Um, that's another kid that's that's really, really good. I think they have too much talent to not start getting it together. And I'll say this. I was out at a cross-country meet last week. I saw Clint Zander from Bosqueville. I was talking to him. And so we're just talking about football and this and that. And he says, man, I think it's probably good that we're getting Marlon early. Uh, you know, they're getting Marlon right off the bat in district. And I, I think what he means is he expects Marlon to get better as the year progresses. So, you know, if there's a time to catch him, catch him early. By the way, do we have a Longhorn, Longhorn Jinx in Central Texas? Anybody that commits to, to UT ends up not playing. The yeah, last couple of years. that was the case. Jeray Bledsoe last year. Yeah, it was the case last year. So, the Jerrion Gallette this year, yeah. Trey Wisner, not playing. He's playing, but not in Central Texas. You know. Okay. Ah, uh, well. I'm on the. So this is just my opinion, and not the opinion of the Tribune Herald or the podcast. But committing to University of Texas is a bad idea. <laughs> that sounds like a Texas Tech alum, right? There. <laughs> and DJ as a Baylor alum's going. They got that. Sure, that sounds good too. Uh, <laughs> This is not an endorsement for the Red Raiders and the Bears here. Um, All right. So uh, several times on the podcast this year, I think we've referenced Friday Night Lights. I don't really know why that is, but uh, it's been multiple podcasts. Let's keep the streak going. So Odessa Permian, obviously their mascot, they're the Permian Panthers. A couple weeks ago, it was the Midway Panthers versus the Permian Panthers. We hate when that happens, honestly, because – it's just trickier to write. Uh, but um, 
everyone knows that they have an alternate nickname called they're the mojo um i believe it came from like a song lyric in the 60s or something um so i'm actually a big fan of these like alternate mascots alternate nicknames for for teams and towns and stuff and central texas actually has a few of these so uh university um they're the trojans but they're also the u-dogs uh i don't know when that came about but they've been the u-dogs a long time um the la vega pirates uh they call them the modoc pirates which there's a whole story behind modoc and i don't remember all of it but i've written about it before or we have um and then west of course made some waves this year uh when they added the comma to their jerseys which i thought was just absolutely freaking genius west comma texas uh so which of those do you guys like best is there and is there any that i'm leaving out i i can't think of anything you're leaving out the comma I feel like that one. I don't feel like it's as genius as you do. Oh, I love it. I freaking like. Love I'm it. just kind of okay. I get it. That makes sense. But I mean, it's not hip and it's not intimidating. It's like the comma. Okay. <laughs> like I'm kind of against using punctuation as any kind of like <laughs> as any kind of like aggressor or anything like that. You know. You're saying punctuation is not intimidating. No, it's not. <laughs> what if they had gone with the exclamation point? <laughs> DJ, save us. What do you say? I I do like the comma. I do but too. I, you know, I, I, <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm a stickler for for grammar sometimes. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the editor in you. That's good. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe Oxford should be the comma. Oh, shut up. That's just if Oxford terrible. had a football team, they'd Boo. be the comma. <laughs> now, now your jokes are getting worse. Uh, I will mention a couple others um, that I didn't mention. I, I like the U-Dogs. I like the MODOK thing. I don't remember all the history behind MODOK. But uh, – so last night I was at Valley Mills covering a volleyball game and uh, the coach there was wearing a shirt that said the Valley, which sometimes you'll hear them out in Valley Mills call it the Valley. And uh, go ahead, DJ. That volleyball match was at Valley Mills. Yes. Okay. When I was leaving Mart, some, um, I guess, I, I don't know if they were grandparents or, or parents of one of the Valley Mills girls, but they showed up at Mart waiting for the game and i was oh, like oh no and now they've been outed on the podcast <laughs> it happens we've all done it i know ron's done it uh sometimes you'll hear uh you'll hear uh waco high just colloquially called the high we've done that before where where they, we just call them the high uh another one well a couple more i'll mention uh so I'm not saying I invented these last two, but I'm not saying I didn't either. Um, so a lot of times when I go to Crawford and I'll take a picture or something, then I'll tweet it out. I will say Crawford, America, not Crawford, Texas, but Crawford, America. And I've heard this picked up by other people. I know Jack Allen's done it. Um, 
And the reason there is Crawford is such like a little quaint, like American small town. I think they have more churches than businesses. Uh, and obviously it's also, I think probably where the really America part of it comes from is that George W. Bush used to have a ranch there. So you just think of like the president and America, but yeah, Crawford America is one. And I've, I've seen Jeff Coker, their volleyball coach, tweet that out. So, uh, you know, that's one as just kind of a little nickname. And then um, so years ago, many years ago, uh, probably 15 at least, uh, we had a blog on our website and we would have to, you know, write blog entries every now and then. And I did one for the high school blog where I came up with alternate mascots for every one of our freaking schools, uh, which that's like 60 something school and Abbott. I renamed from the Panthers to the redheaded strangers. Now, DJ, I don't know if you get that reference. Look at her. She's very puzzled. Chad absolutely gets that reference because it's the home of Willie Nelson. Abbott is the home of Willie Nelson, and he was known as the he's known as the redheaded stranger. And I've heard Paul Catalina call him the redheaded strangers in Abbott. <laughs> uh, so that one has at least gained some traction too. And I like that. I think it they could should be the be, Abbott Angels flying too close to the ground. Or they should just be the Abbott Willies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And now we're completely yeah, let's do that. Now we're completely <laughs> off the rails. <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, where are you guys headed this week? We'll close with that. DJ? I will be uh, I'll be at Mac People Stadium for the what you said was the game of the week, China Spring Cougars at the Connolly Cadets. Yes, DJ had her choice of games, but she's seen China Spring twice already, so I understand going to see somebody else. You're DJ, you're going to West, correct? Yep, I'm picking up some kolaches. Picking up some kolaches. That's a that's a pro move. That's a sports writer move. Uh, West and Whitney. Uh, that's always a fun rivalry. So that should be a yep. good one. They're not in the same district this year, huh? No. Yeah. Oh no, I think they are. Yeah, I think. Oh, it's a district game. Yes, West has only played two games. They took off last week, so. Yeah, so that's is that a oh that's a seven team district, but they so, so they got they got to get started already. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll be I at uh, Midway Rockwall Heath. Midway's still looking for that first victory of the season. Um, they have not. You played. say at Rockwall Heath? No, Rockwall Heath at Midway. So oh okay okay yeah it's actually senior night for the Panthers and Janet and I will be walking onto the field with our senior football player so i will it's not a general thing that i do but i will be wearing some midway gear uh as i walk my son out of the field and then i'll probably when i go up to the press box put a different shirt well I, i'd say that that's a little bit of a conflict of interest but midway needs all the help they can get at this point <laughs> yes and with that we will take <laughs> off the abbott willies we'll see y'all <laughs>